0: Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Today I'm going to talk about hope in the body and what that means to anyone who has been born again. This is the first message in this series, and it comes after completing two previous series called Hope in the Spirit and Hope in the Soul. Now, all of this is where the revelation and understanding of spirit and soul goes to work in our daily lives. But please don't start here if you've missed the earlier messages. If you take the time to go back and listen to those, you will see a harvest that begins to manifest in your physical experiences. I've titled the message today, Resurrection Life, because this would all be pointless if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead, he leveraged the raw power of the Spirit of God, combined with the faith and love of God which he possessed in fullness, and he brought it to bear on the physical impossibility of his own body being dead. Many times we have focused on the death of Jesus as the real key to our healing and our restoration. But if you think about it, many people over the course of history have died to save the life of someone else. Just think of all the soldiers who gave their lives to gain freedom for others. Now, of course, Jesus had to die in order to make this possible, but the real transforming power came when he rose from the dead. In 1 Corinthians 15, 17, it says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Now, I will also add to this that if you are still in your sins, then you are still subject to all of the effects of sin, which includes all of the wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. So everything that would would accomplish death is all part of the wages of sin. Every sickness is considered part of death. It's, It's a degeneration of life. So I want to focus today on what it means for each of us that Christ was not left in the tomb, but that he was raised again into new life by the Spirit of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, For I I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So this is, it's the short story here, just described in these verses. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Everything else is built off of these three truths. So what actually happened to him during that time? And why is it so important that he was raised again to life? Think about the people that you know of. Is there anyone who would scoff at the idea that someone raised himself from the dead? What about you? Have you ever considered yourself being able to be raised from the dead? I want to look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 through 22 and we'll see where we fit into this picture. 1 Corinthians 15:20 But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. I want you to notice the two different references to man here in verse 21. It, they're actually spelled differently. The first one is not capitalized, and the second one is. So then in the next verse, Paul explains it as Adam and Jesus, or Adam and Christ. So Adam is the uncapitalized man. By man came sin, or came you know, death, and then... you know. Sin brought that death. But then by man, or Jesus, came the resurrection of the dead. So it took the perfection of Jesus to make this happen. Adam brought death by his sin. Jesus paid the price of death for sin by his perfection. And then in doing that, he brought resurrection life to all who believe on him by faith. You know, that last statement is the gospel in one sentence. Adam brought death by his sin. Jesus paid the price of death for sin by his resurrection, uh, by his perfection. And in doing that, he brought resurrection life to all who believe on him by faith. If you've not previously believed and received his life power inside of you, now's your chance. Just say this. And you can go, you can pause the video and go back and listen to this. Say this. Say it by believing it in your heart. But when you say, Jesus, I believe that you died to pay for my sins, and you rose again from the dead to give me life, make me born again. When you ask him to make you born again, that's exactly what happens. Because you ask him by faith, the promises are there. They're promises that when you have asked, you have now become born again. There, it's that simple. Don't let anyone complicate it more than that. If you prayed that prayer, you are now free and born again. All of the benefits of becoming born again are now yours. So learn them. Learn to walk in them. Now, I want to talk about the death that you've already experienced if you've been born again. Remember, you had to die first before you could be born again. So what is this death that I'm talking about? How is it possible that you have already died? I was teaching this in our Bible study here, and I asked our group this same question. How is it possible that I have died, and yet I'm still walking around and laughing and talking? But then, you know, it hit me. I told them, if the Spirit of God would leave me right now, I would fall over dead. It's not my own life source or power in me that's keeping me alive. It's the very life source of God himself. It's the spirit of God in me that's keeping me alive. But you know, he promised to never leave me or forsake me. Now, Paul describes a lot of this in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm gonna read a few more verses here. Just, I'd encourage you, go back and just read the entire chapter. It's so clear, Paul goes basically line by line, thought by thought, and he describes where, where we fit. He describes what happened. Between Adam and Jesus and then how that applies to us. So look at this description of us in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 47 through 50. The first man was of the earth made of dust. The second man, and now this one is capitalized, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are also those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Paul is drawing a distinct line here between flesh and spirit. But between the the imperfection of Adam and the perfection of Jesus, and then how that applies to us. We bear the image of Adam, yes, because we are a physical body born of dust, born of the same way that Adam was. But when we become born again, we then bear the image of Jesus, and all of the power that was given to Jesus is now infused into us. So why all of this focus on death and life, Adam and Jesus, then and now? How does this affect us today? There has to be a connection or a transfer point where the payment of Jesus brings answers to my physical body. When do we get to the part that we can truly say we have hope in the body? This is where it gets really exciting to me. I had to come to the place where I realized that I could never die spiritually again. Also, if I choose to live physically, in the resurrection power of Jesus, then the life force of God himself fills my physical body. So the truth of the spirit, what happened to me in the spirit, then begins to be, to become a reality to me in the physical or in my body. God has set it before me to choose life. And before you, he says, choose life. And then if you're willing to see it, We already, we have gone through the death process by being crucified with Christ. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's another translation that says, the life that I now live in in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And so if you look at that, you realize the life and the faith and the the power of God is really what keeps me going now. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My faith in Jesus is not just to go to heaven someday, although that's true, but it is so much more than that. It is to bring life and healing to my flesh today. This is how health and healing actually happen in our physical bodies. It's like the secret answer for healing. I said it earlier, sickness is simply the process of death trying to happen again. But if death is conquered, then sickness has no more power over us. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 through 17, I want you to see what Paul says here. He goes even deeper and describes how we are right now if we've been born again for the the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all then all died and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh even though we have known Christ according to the flesh yet now we know him thus no longer therefore If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, notice in verse 15, he says, uh, actually in verse 14, if one died for all, then all died. So this is a past tense statement. So if Jesus died for me, then I have died. And if Jesus died for you, then you also have died. And And then he says, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves. And then there's another translation that says, Those who live should no longer live as themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So we are now a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything that was real and true about your physical body has been has been done away with by the life force of Jesus in you. Now this is a spiritual transfer from From the power of the Spirit into the physical body. The the last verse there where it says, Old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. It has taken on a new meaning for me. We now no longer look at someone simply in the flesh. When you look at me, don't look at me simply in the flesh. My physical body is not being held together by physical means. It's being held together cell by cell by the very life of God infused into it by the Spirit of Jesus. And it's really, it's the same for you if you've been born again. When you realize that, it makes so much more sense that sickness or any process of death, trying to attach itself to a person's physical body, it must leave because the old things have already passed away. It's it's only appointed to me to die once and that's already happened. And we saw that in Verse 14 think of it, you've never thought of a dead person getting sick after they die. It's the same way. No sickness has any more power over our physical bodies because death has already happened. A dead person can't get sick. So when sickness tries to come upon you, it's a physical only. It's something that's happening to you physically, but the life force of Jesus in you pushes that out. It's not Uh, I I want to describe this as it's an inside out transformation. Now, I quoted this earlier in Galatians 2.20, where Paul said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, or that the faith of the Son of God. So Jesus had all faith. He had all power, not just for himself, but I live this by the faith of Jesus in me. It's, it's, If you can imagine the very life power of Jesus filling each and every cell in your body, and then when that happens, every sickness, every disease, every malfunction gets pushed out and expelled from your body, cell by cell, from the inside out. Now, when I pray for you or I pray for a person, I'm not commanding healing to come upon them. I'm rather drawing it through them or through you. It's coming from the Spirit of Jesus filling your spirit, empowered by your faith, infusing your body with eternal life from the inside out. This is why it only happens by faith. So when we look at, we want to pray for someone, there is faith at work happening, which is drawing the life force of God into their body and bringing healing to them. I'm so excited about this and how it's going to transform your every encounter with sickness And disease or other things in your body or with other people as you pray for them and and you can see the life force of Jesus being infused into them and and it'll be at work in you as well. You know, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Hope in the body is a very real and dependable power that we can live in each and every day of our lives. The resurrection of Jesus is not only the historical proof of God's will for every person, but it's also the source of power and authority through which the eternal life force of God Himself transfers directly and continually from spiritual to physical transformation. It's all about the resurrection of Jesus. Take as much time as you need to meditate on this. Allow God to show you the fullness of power available to you because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a portal in time, and it will remain an open door through all of eternity. Now, I'll talk more about this and the newness of life that we are called to walk in as we get further into this series called Hope in the Body. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.